thank you for that. So welcome to The Real and the Gritty, Danielle and Belle. And today we have the amazing Tiff from Mama B. So Tiff is a mom of two girls, a food lover and owner of her own business, Mama B. She lives in Wagga and is passionate about supporting women through their journey to motherhood. She is an accredited practicing dietitian with special interest in pregnancy and fertility, prenatal and postnatal yoga instructor, and is also qualified in hypnobirthing Australia and is an educated practitioner in the area. Basically, she's obsessed with all things women health, birthing and mothering, and we are so excited to chat to her today. Welcome, Tiff. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Welcome, Tiff. That's um, an amazing resume there, and your business is just next level. We're (laughs) super pumped to have you on today's podcast, and I think Belle and I are at that age where it's like we think about you know, going into motherhood, but we have no idea exactly what we're doing. (laughs) So this is a really interesting topic for us and I think many people um, in the same position. Yeah, absolutely. And look, let me tell you, I was exactly the same. Um, I, yeah, so my background before becoming obsessed with all things uh, pregnancy and birth was I've always been interested in health. So I was in the nutrition space and I felt exactly the same way until I felt pregnant myself. And until I went through the experience myself, I had no idea. So it was all unknown and it's just been this rabbit hole of, yeah, just learning more and more and developing more and more passion for the area. Amazing. And then how did you um, get into your business? Yeah, so um, as I said, I was working as a dietitian. So that's been what I've done um, for most of my career. Um, and I, when I, so when I was working as a dietitian, I just was interested in all things health and well-being. So I started practicing yoga, decided I really loved that, and I'd do a pizza training just for my own development. Didn't think I'd teach. Um, but then when I fell pregnant and I was looking for prenatal yoga in the area, there was nothing at the time. So I decided to go on and do um, the prenatal and postnatal teacher training. And that was when my business idea kind of started because what I wanted to access for myself wasn't available locally. So um, after I had my first daughter, I started teaching some prenatal and postnatal, some mums and bubs classes and absolutely loved it. I had um, used the Hypnobirthing Australia program to prepare for her birth and had an amazing birth experience. So that kind of kicked off the whole birth skunky um, passion. And it was really the person who taught me. So I'd had to travel um, at the time to do the training with her. And then between my two children, she really encouraged me to become a practitioner as well and to bring that to Wagga. Amazing. Amazing. So what is hypnobirthing? Because, yeah, uh, yeah, I didn't really have any clues, to be honest. Like I've heard of it, but yeah. Yeah. um, Well, again, that's really common. I think one of the Mm -hmm. things that I find challenging about my business is kind of breaking down what hypnobirthing is and the misconceptions that can come with that. So I think we have this Um, idea of maybe what we see on the movies of like the clock swinging or the chickens clocking and sometimes people ask me if I'm going to put them in a trance at their birth and that's absolutely not what happens Um, but 
self-hypnosis is where the term hypnobirthing comes from. So the program that I teach is a comprehensive childbirth education program, but where it gets its name is, I guess, the thing that sets us apart is we also teach self-hypnosis as one of the tools that's beneficial for labour. I always say that self-hypnosis is the best way to think about it if it's something that's unfamiliar is it's a really natural state of something you come into you know, on a daily basis, it's a state of deep relaxation, but intense focus. Another way to think about it is like that term flow state. If you're doing an activity where you get into a flow state, that's kind of what self-hypnosis is. Um, so that's why it's called hypnobirthing, because we teach people how to use self-hypnosis, which is really just harnessing the mind-body connection. And why that's useful for birthing is because we know that one of the most important organs involved in birth is actually the brain. And what's happening in our brain is going to have a physiological effect on the body. And our birth physiology or our hormones have a big impact on how labor progresses, how we interpret the sensations of labor, um, and really, I guess, managing a lot of times that fight flight response that we know can have a negative impact on labor so really tapping into like that calm rest digest state as much as you can absolutely yeah so that's exactly right so it works really well with the nervous system and the nervous system is one of the big regulators of the birthing hormones so when we're in the parasympathetic state or the rest digest, as you said, it's helping to drive this cascade of oxytocin and endorphins. Oxytocin is the hormone that helps to progress labor and to drive the contractions or the surges. And endorphins, as you know from exercise, they're the hormones that make us feel good and they help to modulate our pain threshold or our pain response as well. So when we can optimize this hormonal dance and drive up oxytocin and drive up endorphins, it helps us to manage the intensity of labor and for labor to progress as it's designed to do. Mm. You also not panic, is that right? Like not panic in that moment. So you're probably a little bit more resilient in the moment as well. Um, because you're yeah. managing that process, I suppose, or you know what to expect. or you It's like with our clients, we always talk about that toolbox that we try and build with them. It's like developing that toolbox so they can just pick a tool out of the box. They need it in the moment. Um, it's very Especially interesting. Especially as, as like birth is always ever-changing. You can't really predict. You could have mm. a perfect plan and it goes out the window. So like you said, down that toolbox and having things to kind of grasp and grab at is really important so do you do um like does the hypnobirthing process uh happen like solo do you do it with your partner like do they need to learn skills to help you as well yeah so I deliver the program in a couple of different ways so there is a I run a group program here in Wagga uh, monthly every six weeks ish so that's run over two days over the course of a weekend um, and we do encourage partners to come along I think if they can it's really important that they know what they can do on the day to be part of the birthing team and to be a really 
I guess, positive support person and really literally have a checklist. We give them a checklist Mm -hmm. of things that gives them a job on the day. And I find that a lot of partners really like that, having that clear direction Mm -hmm. of like, okay, now I don't feel like I'm standing in the corner watching this happen. I know what I can do to make this a more positive process. So yeah, we encourage them to come along to the program. If they can't though, I always say that exactly what you said, partner support is one of the tools in our toolkit. But what we want to do is build a really comprehensive toolkit for birth so that people have lots of things to access depending on how things go, different circumstances that crop up, but also the tools that I find useful when I am experiencing intense sensation or intense emotion is going to be different to the tools that you find beneficial in that moment. And sometimes we don't always know what those tools are going to be. So we build a big toolkit of things that we can reach for. So the group program, yeah, it's delivered over two days. If you can bring your partner, your birth partner along, we really encourage that. So that's how I work with clients locally. We also have a more flexible way of delivering the program as well. So if people find it difficult to take a whole weekend out or they're not close to Wagga, they're not within travelling distance, I also... Um, do a hybrid model where people can do an online self-paced program at home. Again, their partner can join in with that. And then we do a private birth coaching session together to personalise their practice, um, to go through a few things that aren't covered in the online course. Um, And I can do that either face-to-face here in Wagga, or I can do that uh, online with clients as well, which allows me to work with people anywhere in Australia, which is really exciting. Love that. The online space is awesome like that. In terms of the support from the partners, um, what does that look like? Let's get a little bit deeper into what that looks like. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the techniques that we teach for partners to support um, the birthing person is we teach them specific massage and touch techniques. So we know that touch is really um powerful for releasing oxytocin and endorphins and what we're doing again with the self-hypnosis piece is causing a conditioned link between experiencing a particular type of touch or massage from our partners and coupling that with self-hypnosis deep relaxation and priming the body to release more endorphins in birth so touch is a big one we teach a specific massage technique called light touch massage Um, I also show partners how to do some counter pressure techniques. So during a surge, when the baby is placing pressure into the pelvis, there's a specific sort of counter pressure technique we can use that reduces the intensity. And we also teach acupressure as well. The acupressure points that can be used for pain management, um, for promoting labor, for positioning of the baby. So they're really practical hands-on ways that the partner can get involved. But I also like to talk about their role on the day and give them the confidence to really kind of be the gatekeeper of the birth space. So they uh, have the knowledge and the preparation to know the types of things that they can do to tweak the birth space or the birth environment to make it more conducive for those uh, hormones flowing. And also it's important for them to be on board with, I guess, understanding the process of labour and what that looks 
life, understanding common choices that might be offered or circumstances that might arise. So if the situation calls for it, they know how to be a really strong advocate for the birthing person. Because when we're in that moment ourselves, um, it's important to have that person who's kind of on our team and can ask the important mm. questions and know how to advocate for us. And I always tell the birth partners that their role is really to be the coach on the day. So we're teaching them how to be the birthing person's coach, how to be their cheerleader, how to, I guess, if you think about an athlete when they're performing mm. and they're under challenge, sometimes they look around to see what how everyone else is reacting and if they've got that person who when they say I don't think I can do this looks them in the eye and says you can do this you are doing this and especially if that's someone that they love and trust that's a really powerful and practical thing that the birth person can do but if they're unprepared and like most partners going in this is the first time they've seen birth experienced birth if they're bringing fear into that space rather than confidence, then that's going to affect the birthing person. So that's why I think it's really important that whoever you're taking into your birth space, they know what to expect and they're not bringing their own fear into the space as well. Mm, I love that. I love yes. how practical all that is. Mm. And then if we flip more, sorry, flip more to like, let's say the woman, and the techniques you kind of go through with them to set up their mindset pre-birth and pre-labor. What does that look like? Mm -hmm. How do you set them up for that resilience, that strength, not to panic, not to get overwhelmed when maybe it's not going how they pictured or wanted? And obviously you do talk them through different ways it may turn out, but how and what techniques do you teach them to kind of bring them back to the present moment to trust their body to trust their partner to trust that everything will be okay yeah absolutely and that's why we kind of a big part of what I teach is educating on physiological birth and what that actually looks like mm. so one of the challenges that we bring in when we're birthing for most of us is a, we have what society and media has represented birth to be like. Um, and, you know, the calm birth where the woman's breathing through it and then has a baby doesn't always make for good TV. So it's not necessarily what we've seen depicted. Um, and look, we know there's a really high rate of birth trauma in Australia as well. So people are passing on negative stories to pregnant women. So we're coming in mm -hmm. with this fear and often this negative mindset around birth. And the fear of pain is a big thing for a lot of us as well, because we're thinking back to previous experiences of pain in our life where maybe we've injured ourselves or we've had an accident or something harmful has happened to our body and that pain is our body sending a message to us that something is wrong the intensity mm -hmm. or the pain of childbirth is very different it's a physiological mm -hmm. functional pain of the body working really hard again using the athlete or exercise as a parallel to this really works quite well because it is the muscles and the body really at their peak performance and I think yep. sometimes just breaking down, like I don't educate from a place of hypnobirthing is necessarily going to give you a pain-free experience of labor. But what we're doing is breaking down fear 
of what that sensation is going to feel like. So a lot of it is just education and understanding and I guess breaking down misconceptions of what that sensation feels like or what birth looks like from what we've heard or seen. And then from there, again, we're adding to that toolkit. So we're using mindset tools. Um, and a big one of those that we start with is affirmations. Now, if you told me when I was pregnant to say affirmations for a better birth, I probably would have rolled my eyes at you, to be honest. But when we reframe that, and, and the way I like to educate from is reframing it as positive self-talk. You know, we're constantly talking to ourselves. And I know this is probably a tool you use in your coaching and training as well, is that if our self-talk is really negative, then that's going to come to fruition and we're going to believe that any thought that we repeat over and over and over again is going to imprint on our subconscious mind and become a value or deep-rooted belief that we hold. If we can reframe that positive self-talk using tools such as affirmations, then what we're really doing is creating and strengthening new neural pathways that help to rewrite some of those limiting beliefs or values that are held in the subconscious mind. And if we take that back to self-hypnosis, the reason we use that tool in particular in conjunction is because it's a shortcut to the subconscious mind. So it helps us to more quickly and more readily access those limiting beliefs or values that we hold around us. So affirmations is one which I reframe as positive self-talk because I think that I don't know, I've, I'm just more receptive to that. So I think my clients are too sometimes. We can use visualization. Again, going back to the analogy of an athlete or a sports person, we know that visualization is a really powerful tool that helps to activate those same parts of the brain as actually performing the activity. So education, knowledge, affirmations, visualization, self-hypnosis, deep relaxation. These are all tools that we can use to change our mindset around birth and, there, and therefore to have an actual tangible effect on the, the nervous system state that the body's in and the effect that that has on our birthing hormones. Okay. And have... <laughs> probably it may be a silly question but obviously oh. hypnobirthing can apply to both whether you are um going through natural birth whether you have to have a planned c-section like obviously a lot of women and most of us would ideally want a natural birth but can it apply to both yeah absolutely and that's one of the misconceptions as well is sometimes i think because like the word hypno can come across as this thing that's maybe a little bit alternative or a little bit woo-woo for some people. They think it's only for natural people who want to home birth, for example. But really it is the, the method that I teach is about positive birth. And our mantra is that I am calmly prepared to meet whatever path my birthing may take. So it's really understanding that there are things that we can control we can control our mindset. We can control our preparation. We can control to a certain degree the level of support that we bring in for our birth. But on the day, we all get dealt a different set of cards. And having that knowledge, tools, and preparation really just helps us to make the best out of whatever situation we're presented with. So it's not anti-medicine. It's not anti-intervention. 
There's no moral judgments around any decision that a woman wants to make. It's just making sure that she is able to come from a place of self-empowerment to make a fully informed Mm. decision. And really my aim is always for my clients to walk away and go, you know what? I'm proud of the decisions I made. I made the best decisions with the best information that I could at the time. And I find that even if things don't go, you know, air quotes, according to plan, that they are able to have a more positive experience of that. Mm. Is there access to this? You said that um, previously that what you were seeking um, pre-birth you didn't have access. Is there much access to this knowledge usually? Or do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. You get to port this off, and where is that gap? And because really, like, I'm just sitting here being like, well, obviously, you want to prime your body and your yeah. mind. <laughs> this experience is like, like yeah. obviously, but uh, like, obviously, a lot of people. Like, where is that gap? <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I think um, I think it's definitely growing. Like, we're getting more and more awareness of the, um, the role of the mind-body connection in birth, and I think there's certainly a lot of people that are drawn to that. I think there's a few things. So, for me, I mean, Walker's not a tiny place by any means, but still we know that we have less services than, say, we do in the capital city. So I think there's a a bit of a gap um, in regional and rural Australia just in terms of accessing services. Obviously, um, the growth of online stuff is closing that gap, but it's also really nice, I think, particularly in these really special moments in life as I see them, to have um, the ability to work with someone face-to-face and to form that relationship Mm. and connection as well. I think location sometimes has an effect. I think the other gap that there sometimes is, is when it comes to preparing for birth, sometimes you're coming up against other people's beliefs and values or past experiences that they might impose on you. And I don't think it comes from a a bad place. We know one in three women experience birth trauma. There's a lot of people walking around with their own their own unprocessed trauma. Um, And I know a lot of my clients have said, and I experienced this myself when I was pregnant, it's like, like, why would you bother doing that? Birth doesn't go to plan. Don't bother having a plan because nothing goes to plan. Um, And again, you can tell I love an analogy, but the analogy (laughs) that I like to use for this is, you know, if you were going on a long trip, um, of course you might take a wrong turn or you might get a flat tire or something might happen that you didn't un- didn't expect and you might have to take a detour. But it's going to be much easier to get to the destination that you planned on getting to if you've at least got a map in your hand and got some knowledge of how you're going to ideally get there. And really for me, it's about preparing people with a flexible mindset and importantly, that, that toolkit that helps them to access their inner strength and resilience, which is there, it actually helps them to cope better when things don't go to plan. Um, there's yeah. unfortunately, as I said, it's that we have a high rate of birth trauma in Australia. I don't think luck alone is enough to go in and go, well, I'm not going to make a plan. I'm just going to go with the flow. 
there's a very good chance that luck alone is not going to mean that you walk out with a positive experience. And there are no guarantees in life. You can do all the preparation in the world and something can still happen, right? But at least, and and this was what was important for me. I, you know, I am sure there are probably going to be some listeners that can resonate with this. I like to control a situation and I like to be in control of my life. And I'm probably naturally a little bit of an A-type personality. And for me, it was like, well, once I've done this kind of preparation, I can hand on heart say, I've done what I could do and now I can hand over the rest. And it helped me to accept the things that were out of my control because I knew I'd done what I could do. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. How long has hypnobirthing been like around is it a new kind of I guess method or is it evolved from somewhere in the past could that be another reason we don't know as much about it or is it also when you're not ready and you're not in the space to have a baby you kind of don't know then you fall pregnant and then you're like oh I need to kind of find out um because I know I guess that's probably another question I've got two questions here um (laughs) when you then fall pregnant what do you think the best way to approach kind of gathering information to find out what's the best approach for you is yeah beautiful um so I think yes you're right if you're not in like like I said I was in exactly the same position if you're not in the I'm wanting to be pregnant I'm wanting to have a baby stage of life right now you don't tend to go looking for that information because it's not really relevant to you. Um, And then I think that in terms of hypnobirthing, it is something that has been growing in awareness. I mean, self-hypnosis or the, you know, mind-body connection has been used for you know, forever in terms of childbirth. As I said, it's a, it's a natural state. The program that I teach was developed um, by Melissa Spilstead and she is a um, trained hypnotherapist and she had done previously an American um, based hypnobirthing program that had been around for longer. And she talked about how it wasn't um, at the time as applicable to our Australian maternity system. So she then went on from her own experience and and, um, as a hypnotherapist and developed this program for the Australian maternity system because there are some differences Mm -hmm. depending on where around the world um, that you're birthing. So that's kind of your first question, I think. Um, was that yep and second question was sorry remind me what the second question was if let's say you fall pregnant tomorrow yeah or whenever (laughs) you find out what do you think the best approach is to gather all the information before starting to make decisions like do yeah yeah um I think the most important thing you can consider early on in your pregnancy is your caregiver and your um we call it model of care so what model of care is going to be the best fit for your philosophy um and your own individual circumstances too because sometimes if there are um you know, more complicated medical situations that might might call for a different model of care 
So model of care is really, you know, who is going to be your primary caregiver through your pregnancy. And why this is so important is because we know that the actually the place that you give birth and the people that are supporting you when you give birth are going to be two of the things that are going to have the biggest impact on how you feel about that experience, particularly the people who are supporting you. So what we know from the evidence is that the gold standard of care is midwifery-led care with um, particularly what we call continuity of care. So having the same midwife who is going to provide your care throughout your pregnancy, be present for your birth and provide your postpartum care as well. Unfortunately, that model of care is not accessible in um, all parts of Australia. And that is unfortunately currently the case here in Wagga as well, is that we don't have access to that gold standard of care. Now, where we often fill the gap with the content, with what seeking continuity is women will often seek out a private obstetrician because a private obstetrician can provide a similar kind of service in terms of you go to them and you see them for your antenatal care or your pregnancy care. They are present then for the birth or going well, and then you see them for your postnatal care as well. The main difference here is midwifery and obstetrics often come from a different, I guess, philosophy of birth. The midwifery philosophy of birth really is underpinned by seeing childbirth as a natural physiological event, whereas the obstetric model of care, um, and again, it's not that this comes from a bad place, but these people are trained more in the medical philosophy where in medicine, what we're doing is identifying pathology. So identifying pathology is looking at something is wrong and we need to fix it. That's yeah. the premise that medicine is built on. Whereas midwifery is nothing is wrong here. We're just here to support you as you have your baby, but we're also trained to see those flags if they crop up, if something you know does need further referral or intervention. So what we're doing when we seek out continuity with an obstetrician is we're really employing a highly trained surgeon, which is what they are. They're a highly trained surgeon to, if our goal is to facilitate a natural physiological birth without surgery. So it's just that there's a little bit sometimes of a philosophy mismatch. And we know again from the research that there are higher rates of intervention in an obstetric model of care versus a midwifery model of care. Um, but the, uh, the reason it's the gold standard is the midwifery model of care still has as good a health outcomes for mums and babies as the obstetric model. What we really want is the all the health professionals working together to support the women where they bring in their own expertise um, and skill set when it's needed. But unfortunately, if we take a little bit of a look at birth history and how it's evolved over time, there's sometimes been, um, I guess, a little bit of conflict or mismatch between the two different philosophies and who's caring for the woman. Now, obviously, each individual obstetrician is going to, or midwife is going to bring their own philosophy too. So this isn't like a black and white one's better than the other. It's just yep. that's what we know from the evidence. And then with pregnancy, 
do you guide through nutrition as well and exercise in your programs or is that an additional support what do you do there yeah so at the moment my focus has mainly been on pregnancy and birth so the services that I've mainly been focusing on my business is growing the prenatal yoga that I do I love helping people to move safely and confidently as their body changes and often women have unstable pelvises or low-lying placentas or extra factors that we need to consider so I really like um, focusing on that safe gentle movement but also helping them to connect to the experience of my body's changing and preparing for birth I'm going to become a mother Um, and then obviously as we've talked a lot about hypnobirthing and birth education that I do there my longest standing skill is as a dietitian um, but I am only recently starting to bring that into my own business because I was working for an employer for nearly the last 10 years so I'm just, my experience there has mostly been in diabetes and chronic disease, but my passion really lies with this particular phase of life, this transition from maiden to mother, as we call it, our mm-hmm. rites of passage. So at the moment, I'm doing some extra training in the fertility and pregnancy nutrition space with an aim to start taking on some private nutrition clients um, towards the end of the year or in the new year. Amazing. And then can we go back to um, the exercise component? Because when you said, you know, connecting to the body whilst doing that yoga, that's so important. It is a huge tool that you can use because we um, also have trained many women in um, prenatal and seeing the journey is not only amazing, but just like that hour that you can give to yourself with exercise and really being present with you, your bub, and what you're doing can be so powerful because it's focus, it's control, it's that connection. And all of the time we're busy doing things for everyone else that that connection alone can be really disorientated. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the other thing that I find so powerful about it is, to me, mindful movement and whatever way you get that in. Yoga is the methodology that I teach, but there's lots of ways that we can move mindfully and connect in with ourselves and our body. To me, what that's doing is helping a woman in pregnancy to strengthen her connection with her intuition to strengthen her connection with listening to her body and what it's communicating to her. As you would know from your experience and with your clients and working with women in general, we're so busy sometimes. We go about our our lives and we're almost outside our body and we're not really connected in and listening to the messages that it's sending us. And when we carve out that conscious space to do that, like there's so much communication that's going on from our body and what it's telling us. And I think that's so powerful when we're preparing for birth because birth, a physiological birth in particular, an active birth, which is what I 
encourage is really listening to what the body's communicating. It's going to tell you what the best position Mm. for you to birth in is. It's going to tell you if you need to move your leg a little to the right to open the pelvis to allow the baby to rotate that way to make it, you know, smooth transition down the birth path. But having that time carved out where we're strengthening that connection to our body's you know, innate communication system is so powerful. Yeah, to be able to listen. Mm, I think a lot of the time we, or a lot of people, don't necessarily listen to the signs and symptoms so they don't address them before they turn into bigger issues, which is pretty much what you're saying. If you can pick up on those red flags or messages, you can kind of adjust things in a timely manner and maybe avoid a more serious complication or outcome. Absolutely. And it's not only our body that's communicating with us Mm. when we're pregnant, it's actually our baby that's communicating with us as well. Mm. So it's carving out that time for women to actually listen to what messages is my baby sending via my body for me to listen to. Um, And exactly right, like things like being having that time to be aware of you know, this is more so towards the end of pregnancy when babies start to develop a more regular movement pattern. But it's even having that time where it's consciously connecting into the baby's movement patterns, for example, and becoming familiar with that. And yeah, you start to pick up on those messages. And I always tell women to trust their intuition. Like it's so powerful, Mm -hmm. but we need to carve out that time to like, what is it? What does it sound like? And what is it telling me? So powerful. In terms of the biggest struggles for you, what has some of those been? Yeah, um, I think the one of the reasons I'm really passionate about working in this space, and I think why it's been a big thing that's come through in my life, is because I want to support women through the transition that I personally found really challenging. I yep. was really unprepared for the ways in which it would change my life Um, and yes I'm passionate about birth education but birth is really the start line it's not the finish line of the experience Um, and it is a rite of passage for a reason we go through such a massive transition so there's a few moments in my life where mental health has been really challenging for me and they've both been triggered around my experience of motherhood So initially when I was in my late teens, early 20s, I um, went through an experience where I was diagnosed with a medical condition and saw some specialists who didn't have a very sensitive bedside manner and just told me all sorts of awful stories about what the experience was going to look like for me. And that really triggered an intense period of anxiety in my life um wasn't a very healthy time but I was really lucky at the time that a friend took me along to a yoga class and that's where my passion for yoga started was just it was Mm. so beneficial for me to get out of my head and into my Mm. body and again like what we were saying listening to the messages that my body was sending so it was really really key in managing my mental health at that stage of my life and then when I did become a mother um my eldest daughter she she was hard as a newborn if I'm honest so that was a really difficult time for me and I definitely my anxiety was triggered again at that time I 
probably had postnatal depression as well, but being the kind of controlling little bit A-type personality that I can be, I was really good at masking it and wanting to show people that I was coping, I was a good mom, I was superwoman. And it wasn't a very sensible strategy. In hindsight, I should have got more professional help. I was lucky that I had really supportive family, friends, partner, because the coping strategy that I had always used for my mental health, which was to move my body, to do yoga, Mm -hmm. to exercise. When you're in the throes of trying to learn to breastfeed and um, your newborn's really unsettled and you are struggling to get out the door for a walk around the block with a pram, let alone do something more, I guess, previously it had been more high intensity stuff that I'd always kind of used to manage uh, my anxiety yeah yeah as an outlet and when that was taken away and although yoga is much more than the physical shapes that we do on the mat when the physical postures of yoga were kind of taken away from me in those early days that was really challenging for my mental health as well so when I am um, working with pregnant women whether it be in prenatal yoga, whether it be in birth education, I'm always planting the seeds of thinking about what comes afterwards as well, making sure that you have really great support systems in place. For some people, that's friends and family and partners. And for some people, that might mean bringing in some paid supports, counsellors, that type of thing um, to support us through that time. And I think what I learned from those experiences was it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay to share with people what you're going through and to seek out that support. And when I was pregnant the second time, I was really proactive around um, developing a relationship with a counsellor throughout my pregnancy and into my postpartum. And it really made all the difference for my experience. Because we really are taught from a young age to not voice our problems and keep them quiet and we will be okay and we can manage this on our own and that's I think the disconnect whereas like if we can build the strength up to ask for help and actually say we're not okay we're halfway there already Mm. yeah it's just being able to do that and having a safe space around you to do so I suppose um did that then um transfer over to your was do you had a second birth yes yeah yeah I yeah a five-year-old and um 18 month old amazing and then so your second birth was that a lot better or how did that go in comparison the births themselves were very different um but both great and that's I say great in that they weren't perfect and I'm, I'm not about perfect birth. It's positive birth to me, not perfect. Mm-hmm. There were things with both of them that didn't go a hundred percent according to plan. Um, but yeah, it was such an experience that I think the thing for me and why I feel like birth is so powerful is when we have an experience that shows us what we're capable of and the depth of the inner strength and resilience that we have I think that can really carry us into our experience of motherhood as well because we're going in on a high literally we're going in on an oxytocin high after a positive birth so the birth themselves for both my girls was great and I love birth the thing that I found really transition uh, really difficult was that transition um, and I think the difference was 
the second time transitioning into motherhood was much easier for me for a couple of reasons. I put better support in place, particularly around my mental health. But the second time around, I didn't have the same degree of identity shift. That first time I was going from, you know, busy person working full time in a professional career, teaching yoga on the side, busy, 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 lots of exercise, doing all the things that I love. And then bam, I'm a mum, and my whole life revolves around this little person who seems to be really upset with me that I've brought them onto this planet. (laughs) So for me, it was the identity shift that was really challenging. Whereas the second time around, uh, my identity didn't shift so much. I was Mm. already a mom. I was bringing another baby into the world. Yes, it was another transition into motherhood. I really think each birth and each child is a new initiation into motherhood. But I didn't go through this massive identity shift of like, who am I? What's important to me? What do I value? I can't do all of the things that I need right now to manage my mental health. So a lot of that was much more concrete the second time around. um, And it was a much easier experience, which I think is not uncommon for people that that first transition into motherhood is. um, Yeah, it's the big rite of passage, I think. Mm. If there's anything you can tell your younger self, what would it be? Oh, man. That's a hard one. I was going to say, I, can, I, can I swear? I was going to say, chill yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can swear on this podcast. <laughs> um, no, look, it's, I would probably say you don't have to put on the superwoman facade. It's okay to be vulnerable. And just because you find something challenging, it doesn't mean that you're not doing it really well. Mm. Yeah, that's really powerful. Yeah. So I think I thought that if I told people that I was finding that time really hard, that it would mean that I wasn't good at it. And that's Mm -hmm. just not the case. I think we often find things really challenging when they're really important to us. And if something's really important to you, there's a pretty good chance you're doing a bloody good job at it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Have I made you want to have a baby yet? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, my my legs and my arms are crossed (laughs) until I'm fine. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) I'm a no. (laughs) I think absolutely something I want in the future, not right now, but in the future. Um, yeah, look, I'm I didn't really mean for that to... question to get, to, to get personal. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for that experience. Yeah, that's good. awesome. And that's, I, my aim is always to take people from this like fear and uncertainty mm. into excitement and enjoyment of the whole process. So I guess I'm combining because, these. Yeah, fear creates chaos. Oh. <laughs> absolutely absolutely obviously we know that the last year and a half still going tbh (laughs) but it really does so knowledge is power doesn't matter how much knowledge and then tapping into your body (laughs) ah yeah 
And I think it's the same with health and fitness is that that's what we teach our clients is because, you know, we can give you all the plans and everything in place and we can give you a program and, but it doesn't, it does not beat tapping into your own intuition and connecting to your own body and your own flow state in your day. Mm. Yeah. Because things pop up all the time. Every time you wake up. Yeah, it's about you kind of navigating every single day and yes, creating these habits and creating these consistencies in your week when you can, but then having Mm. all of that knowledge and tool to be able to adapt and not just kind of drop everything as well when it does get challenging and it does get hard. Um, Even falling pregnant might not happen exactly when you planned it. Yeah, exactly. That's probably another whole can of worms. (laughs) Yeah, I think the whole process, this whole process of the journey into motherhood is just one big drawn out process of surrender, learning what we can control, what we can't control, and really having the tools that we need to access what's already within us and to really access that inner strength and that resilience to make whatever pathway that looks like for us whatever set of cards we get dealt just you know making that the most positive experience as we can for us and that's different to what it's like for someone else yeah Mm. what I love about your program is that it's like giving you tools knowledge power but it's going back within your body rather than in a controlled way and saying this is how it is and this is the only way yeah, yeah or I will teach you this and this is how you're going to use it yeah yeah absolutely absolutely it's 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 we already have it within us and sometimes I say that at the start of my programs I say I'm really glad you're here I know you're going to learn so much but actually you already have everything that you need within you mm-hmm. I'm just helping to bring it out for you I'm just helping you to access it and find it it's all in there mm-hmm. yeah love that yeah <laughs> Oh, more yeah, of you Tiff more of you <laughs> and I think that's where I like to combine you know sometimes I feel like ah, oh, you know I, I like doing a lot of different things and you know I, I'm a dietitian I'm a nutritionist I mm. teach hypnobirthing I teach yoga but all of these modalities whether it's eating well moving well feeling prepared for a really important rite of passage in our life, to me, all those modalities are helping us connect back into our own health, our own well-being, and connecting back actually into our own body. And we are the expert of our own life in that domain. And people like myself, you know, people like you girls working in that space, our role is really to help people to see the power that's already within them 100 percent. yeah because a lot of people have had a lot of negative experiences like you talked about before tiff of someone telling you something at some point in your life and you've had to then soak that in and deal with it and think that that is the only reality and your reality because a lot of the time this is happening to a lot of my friends is that they've been diagnosed with something X or and then it's created so much fear that they really didn't need with limited knowledge from that person who told them. 
Yeah, exactly. And our mind loves to create a story and mm. it just run, it runs away with the story. And all of these tools are really just helping us to rewrite our own story and our own experience and to overcome those limiting beliefs that we hold that really hold us back from, yeah, stepping into what we're capable of. Amazing. Well, thanks yeah. for coming on today. It was lovely to meet you on Zoom. Yeah, <laughs> you too. And chat to you. Um, we hope you have a beautiful day and I hope that everyone learned something because I sure did. <laughs> oh, absolutely. No, thank you so much for having me. As you can tell, I, I love getting on a tangent and I could talk about this stuff all day. So, yeah, I really appreciate you having me on. No worries. Enjoy. We'll speak to you all soon. Bye. <laughs>